In a world where trust is shattered and darkness looms, one man's journey from betrayal to redemption will captivate your heart. Absolutely. Even if Absolutely. you don't take them. If you have a relative that is a Christian, yes. allow them to take the kids. I like that. Because yeah. it's like, you, you may not want Jesus, but... Thrown into a detention center, he grappled with the harsh reality of being imprisoned mentally and physically. At that moment, I told myself, I'm not going behind bars no more. Betrayed and deceived by the one he trusted most. So now we're about to enter into this part of your life where you're cheated on. It was rough for me. Bought teddy bears for her, flowers. And my heart just got squeezed and beat upon and crushed and stuck. In the depths of his despair, he questioned God's plan. I said, I said, you don't know what just happened to me, Meg. But amidst the darkness, a glimmer of hope emerged. He found solace in the teachings of a higher power. And in that moment, he discovered a new purpose. Out with the old. In with the new. In with the new. The Holy Spirit came inside of me. From being lost to salvation, this is the story of Nick. Coming soon, this summer on July 1st on YouTube and all podcast platforms. Welcome to the Call by God podcast with Adney Godin and myself, Nixon Sylvain. This show is about dialogues of biblical characters and testimonies of Christians who submitted to the will of God. Each week, we'll bring on one guest so that they can share their story of how they were called by God. I hope this show inspires you. Enjoy. Hello and welcome, world, to the Call by God podcast. I'm yours truly, Nixon Sylvain, and I'm here with Adney Godin and our special guest, Daryl Smith. Yeah, I'm happy to have each and every one of you guys here on today. How y'all doing? Man? I am wonderful, Brother Nick. I'm excited. I'm elated. Um, just I, I'm look. I'm just dancing over here. <laughs> just just so excited. Just you know the the thought of speaking of of such an amazing person. You know that all of us are are some of us have a very close relationship with, and some of us are developing that relationship with him. So I'm excited. I'm so excited. I am so glad to be here uh, with you guys and to discuss the subject, the topic that I'm sure you'll get to uh, real soon here, Brother Dave. I'm excited, just like you guys. This morning, I was listening to one of your songs, uh, Brother Smith, and I don't know if people know that you're a song leader. You're a song leader, you're a teacher, you're a preacher, you're... You're all of the above. You have all these gifts and all these titles, man. Thank God, because he's the giver of all. So anything that I can do to uplift his name is 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 a privilege and an honor. So does that mean that you're gonna give us a song when we done? <laughs> I, I might I might have to uh, take some of that Buckley's that you were talking about earlier. <laughs> this is what I want to say before we get into this. When I was a kid, I love superheroes. And Daryl, I know you like superheroes as well. And one thing about superheroes, you always see the superhero is always the one that rescue folks. And it's, it's the, there's always a bad guy. The bad guy is called a villain. You know, the villain is always the person that want to cause destruction. And as a kid, when I used to be watching these superheroes, you know, Superman, 
Batman, Spider Man. I don't know which one of those y'all y'all like. What character those y'all like? But I, I like. I used to like Marvel, uh, DC, and I still. And it was always fascinating me. I was always on the good side, you know. Folks like Superman, you know that when you hear that song, <laughs> you be like, "Yeah, that's that that right there." Is a, Superman is going to rescue folks, right? And and you know, towards the end of the movie, it's like you already know who's going to win because you watch it so much. You're like, "Okay, I know the moral of the story is that the good guy is going to rescue someone from the bad guy, the villain." So the victory was already already won, you know, through you know, uh, Superman, let's just use Superman, for example. He had all the, the supernatural superpower where he had the laser beam eyes. He could fly. He had this this strength that that was unhumanly uh, impossible uh, to do. But he was just magnificent. Su- he, he was called a superhero for a reason. And and I used to like when he used to conquer the villains. The villains used to get on my nerves. And 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 <laughs> And I say that because... Unlike um, the superhero that I'm talking about, Superman, because super Superman is comical. It's it's not real. It, it, it's not it's not a real tale. It's it's not real life. But what is real and what is our superhero is is Jesus. Jesus is our superhero. Jesus is the good guy that came here on Earth to rescue humanity from sin and from the evil one, which is the villain, and so. As I put two and two together, I'm like, wow, it's it's amazing how these uh, people have these characters of Superman and the villain. They had to have some insight about spiritual things because that's how it worked. You got good versus e- evil. So that's how we got here. So I'm just excited just to talk about Jesus and his prophecy and how did we get here? Because as human beings, we're always seeking for for meaning of life. How did we get here? What is our purpose? What are we called to do? But the minute somebody um, identified themselves back to the creator, then they will find meaning and purpose and what they was called to do. So for this episode, I want us to focus on the Trinity. Uh, And so when we say the Trinity, we're talking about the Godhead. Um, Now, the Godhead meaning the the, the, uh, Father the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You know, we're talking about one God and three persons. So I want y'all to take, um, as we embark on this spiritual journey with Christ, we know Christ is, the, is in the center of this, and the focal point is going to be Jesus Christ. How did we get here, family? First thing I like to do, because that's an awesome topic when you, when you talk about the Trinity, um, and, uh, let me just also say here, Godhead, because I know we have those, uh, who, who really like to study and, uh, many will come across the fact that the word Trinity is not even a term that the Bible uses. And so when we say Godhead, uh, for, for the purposes of talking about the Trinity, uh, at least for me, um, I'm using those terms interchangeably. Um, so when I'm talking about the Trinity, I'm talking about the Godhead. When I'm talking about the Godhead, I'm talking about the Trinity. Um, one of the things that I, uh, had to learn and that I would, uh, encourage people to do when they do a study of the Godhead Trinity is to approach this subject with all humility and understand that it is the study of God. And so when, and that's essentially what theology means, the study of God. But you need to ask yourself this question. Who can know God? 
I mean, you know, our finite minds trying to understand the infinite. <laughs> and so uh, when you approached this this topic, this study uh, uh, with humility, then you align yourself or you open yourself up to uh, uh, the opportunity to be blessed and allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to you uh, the Godhead. And, and certainly, uh, um, once you, once you go deep into that study, you sure enough going to be blessed. I, I'm so happy you said that brother Daryl, cause I had a sister that's just been studying with me. She's actually my, uh, my Bible study coach. <laughs> cause this sister right here, she, when she, when she studies the word, she really says, okay, this is how we're going to do it. And of course, you know, after praying and after really inviting the Holy Spirit and really submitting yourself, the Holy Spirit revealed, she, through her studies with me, she revealed number one, she said, Adney, you got to look at it. God was in the beginning with Christ. Christ came down in, in human form. And then now we have the Holy Spirit. So you have all three that literally res- came down here to, you know, be with us to like now the Holy Spirit guides us, right? When you getting ready to get in all that trouble and you hear that little voice inside your head that say, don't, don't, don't go there. You better stop. Don't, don't do that. Don't say that. Shut your mouth. I got you. <laughs> you you understand now what it means to have the Godhead or the Trinity the Trinity. God in the beginning said, Let there be light, right? And then you have Christ who you know, form that light because he's the word, right? And then you, you hear in John where it says in, in the beginning was the word. It's just so rich and powerful to understand that all three work together and we can experience all three in the word and even still right now. I appreciate, I appreciate that so very much. And I just want to give one scripture here and a thought along with that scripture. Uh, First John uh, I believe chapter four, verse number eight, uh, the scripture says there, the one who does not love does not know God for God is love. And that's what I wanted. That last statement of that verse right there. God is love. Well, love inherently demands or defines itself as relationship. If you don't have a relationship, meaning the beloved and the lover, then you don't have love. Now, this to me is such a pivotal scripture in all of, uh, uh, well, yeah, for me, it's a pivotal scripture in all of the Bible because it's telling you who and what God is. God is love. Essentially, what it's saying is God is community within and of himself. And this speaks to the point of the Godhead, the Trinity. If I give an example real quickly, if I say that I love my wife, you know, I'm, I'm saying it all the time, but I have no action. I don't back it up. I don't show that I love her. Then, you know, that relationship, that marriage, watch it now, is lifeless. Watch this is spiritless. And so within God, you have the father, the lover, you have the son, the beloved, and you have the spirit, the action, the power of love, the manifestation of love. Wow. 
the power of love. Wow, that brother right there is on fire. But you know, before we dive into our discussion about Jesus, uh, one thing that I wanted to highlight that Jesus Christ is the way to salvation. There is no other way. And I know there are different beliefs um, globally. There are people who have their own beliefs and and theories about uh, spiritual things. Um, one in particular, atheists. Um, atheists believe in, in matter and energy. And then you got uh, the pantheists. Uh, they believe that all is God. Uh, they believe in the spiritual realm, but they don't believe in a relational God. Uh, then you got the theism. The theism, of course, believe in the one God. And um, that's what we were referring to when we say we believe in the one God in three person, um, which is the Trinity. Um, so we know that Jesus is God. Uh, we want to make that very clear that salvation is only found in Jesus, Jesus Christ. And God is uh, and also we want you to know that God attributes. Uh, God is omnipresent. Uh, he's omnipotent and he's uh, omnipotent. Um, omnipresent means that God is everywhere. That's how powerful he is. He's everywhere. So um, I, I did a, a lesson uh, a year, a year ago um, where we stated that uh, the title was God can reach you anywhere. So wherever you are in this world, if you're listening to this podcast, Jesus can reach you anywhere you at. He can reach you. And he's omnipotent. Um, I hope I pronounce it right. But that's not the important part right now. The important thing is that God is all knowing and have total knowledge. So you have to understand that God knows everything. He even knows your thoughts before you even spew out your words. And God is omnipotent. God is all powerful. You know, God created creation in, in the matter of uh, six days and he rested on the seventh and, and that's powerful. So when you're trying to ask yourself, what is the meaning of life? Why am I here? Well, most folks that know the Bible, um, they think about the fall. They think about, they, they blame Eve. Um, most people blame Adam. Um, they like, Hey, why are you was in with your wife It's because of you that we have to live in the fashion that we live in. So let's let's do this. Let's talk about the fall. What you guys think about the fall? Whew, okay, so the fall. I heard you say, you know, some people blame Eve and some people blame um, Adam. But at the end of the day, we all have one enemy and one enemy alone, and that's Satan, or how most people would pronounce him in the Hebrew, Satan. And his goal and only goal is to destroy us, is to keep us from in our inheritance. Um, he he has he didn't have what we have, which is the ability of repentance, which is the ability of God using us to be a part of creation. Right. Because they can't create. Right. So to know that we have this enemy and his goal, sole purpose was to bring these two down. So that all creation can go through this process and knowing that God had a plan. I think that's the best part about it. God knew. God knew. He knew that someone was going to interject. He knew that they were going to fall and he had the perfect plan in, per in, 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 in position 
because he's all knowing, right? And knowing this, all we can do is like Brother Daryl said, is trust in that love that he has. One thing I could say about the fathers, our, our, our mother and our father didn't trust that love because they hid themselves. And within them hiding themselves, they didn't give the opportunity of repentance for them to say, you know what, daddy, my bad. He presented this fruit. It looked good. And I did eat and I gave some to my husband. My bad, daddy. Like, that's my fault. I shouldn't have been talking to him. But that's not what they did. And God, and I love how God says to them in that fall, where are you? And that's to us too. Where are you? Where are you with God? Where's your relationship? Even for my brothers and sisters in Christ, where are you? He's asking that question. You need to ask yourself that question. Are you where you need to be with God? If not, it's time for you to turn that thing around. People have to understand uh, that uh, uh, authors are intentional. The biblical authors are extremely intentional, and and Genesis, you know, chapters one through through three are pregnant with with intention and so much. Uh, I want to say literary uh, strategy, rhetorical devices, things of that nature. Uh, understanding that all of that um, was for the audience and the people of that day. Uh, so let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. When we read our English translations of the scripture. Right. And and our sister Adney, you know, so eloquently stated, you know, she was referring to uh, the evil one, Satan. Right. Uh, but when we read our English translations, you see the word serpent. That's intentional. OK, the term, the Hebrew term there is Nakash. Right. Uh, there's a lot of thought and strategy that goes into how the author writes Genesis so you have a lot of symbolism there. You have a lot of metaphor there. You have history there. Um, and you also have words uh, that have uh, uh, several meanings and the author is being intentional. For instance, when we talk about the term that we mentioned before, Nakash, if you take that in the various forms, you know, parts of speech, you know, noun, if you look at that in the noun form, that just simply means, you know, snake. Well, why would the author be wanting the audience to think about a snake? Okay, well, a snake is something that most people don't, you know, we, 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 we assign a negative connotation to it, right? I mean, we even do that today. If somebody were to say, hey, what, what do you know about so-and-so? Oh, that's a snake in the grass. You know, we're conveying to somebody that, hey, this person is evil, all right? Well, the author wants you to know that. He wants you to know that this, that's why he starts chapter three the way that he does. He says, the serpent is more cunning, more crafty than any other beast of the field, right? He's, he's turning your mind a certain way. He wants you to know that. If you take that same word, Nakash, and you, and you look at it in its verb form, okay? The verb form assigns the meaning of a diviner. Well, what's a diviner? Someone who dispenses hidden knowledge. Okay, when you follow the story or the account, I should say, that's exactly what the original rebel did. He dispensed hidden knowledge. He takes what God said to Eve and says, hey, listen, uh, you will not surely die. As a matter of fact, you will be like. Right. And so he gives 
hidden knowledge, knowledge that uh, was supposed to be hidden or not shared as of yet. Right. If you take that same word and, you know, I apologize. I said this earlier. The term is called a triple entendre, which means it has several meanings or three meanings. If you take that same word and you look at it in its adjectival form, adjective. okay, it's a description. Right. It gives the sense of one who is illuminative. Right. Luminous. Right. And most beings from the heavens throughout scripture shine brightly. They have a bright, shining, a luminous uh, uh, visual effect to them. And so the author is bringing all three of those meanings to the text. Right now, you wanted me to tie this into Jesus. Um, Let's continue down the path of, uh, you know, the literary devices and rhetorical strategies he uses. He uses uh, the symbol of a tree. He gives you the tree of life. And then it also gives you the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Talking about a fruit. Now, I want you to think with me. Let's 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 work on our intelligence for a second. You mean to tell me that a man and a woman ate a piece of fruit and from that piece of fruit, the entire human race is fallen and in sin. I really want you to think about that for a second. We're really not talking about a piece of fruit. Okay. This is how the account is presented to us. Right. There's something there that took place. Right. And I mean, trust me, you'll have a whole bunch of scholars and lay people alike, you know, coming after this, trying to determine, you know, what exactly this is, what exactly that is. Uh, the best thing I can tell you is to just uh, do your very best to allow the Bible to interpret the Bible. Uh, and then you come up with your own, uh, um, you know, conclusion as it, as it relates to those things. Here's what I do know. When they disobeyed what God told them to do, Sin and death entered into the world. Now, this is this is Daryl. This is this is Smith talking. I find it interesting that the author immediately lets you know that when they fell, they realized that they were naked. Now, this is me. And, you, you know, you don't have to take this. Your pod, your podcast listeners don't have to take this. I'm, I'm just following a rabbit hole here real quickly. When they fail, the Bible, the author, makes it very plain that they knew that they were naked. I find that interesting. Okay? Especially when you correlate it to today's sin. You know, I mean, we are running rampant with sexual sins today. And it's been like that throughout scripture as well. Uh, I'll leave that to to you podcast listeners to, to follow that rabbit hole. Here's what we want to get to, though. When God shows up, and as my sister said, you know, they asked the question, uh, where are you? God says, where are you? Why are you hiding from God? Okay. Think about that for a second. The creator, the giver, the sustainer of life. You want to hide from him? Yeah, certainly something has messed up. Sin has entered into the world. Death has entered. 
when you want to hide from the life giver himself. But God himself says, you know, to the man, listen, what is this that you've done? And then he eventually goes down the line to the woman and then eventually to the original rebel. Genesis 3.15 is where we want to be. Scripture says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise you on your head and you shall bruise him on the heel. It's the first messianic prophecy that we have. You wanted to connection to Jesus. Here it is. Okay. God prophesies and he says that there is coming someone in the line of this woman's seed who's going to essentially give a death blow to the original rebel, the evil one. I'm trying to get people to understand that. How did we get here in 2021 and throughout all of humanity's existence? It's, yes, is what happened um, in Genesis chapter 3. Um, yes, like, as Daryl alluded to, sin and death uh, entered into the world. Pain, pain and suffering. And um, most importantly, separation from God. Like Daryl said, when, and I think Adney said it as well, when God is like, so Adam, where, where are you? Like, where are you? Like, God, you don't think that God knew where they were? It was a it was a separation. It was a broken relationship. And, and we could touch on all these bullet points because we most humans are void in these areas. You know, when you talk about pain and suffering, folks don't want to have pain. Um, folks, everybody's trying to find a solution to all these bullet points that I just mentioned. I like, look, I'm getting up there in age, Adney, and don't mess with me, Adney. Do, don't mess with me. <laughs> I have some pain from time to time, some physical, physical pain. <laughs> the things that make me say, ouch, and I got to take a, a pain reliever or I got to pr- pray that pain away, right? The reality is that we're going to have pain, physical pain, okay? And there's also spiritual pain. And also, we're going to have suffering. We will suffer in, in, in this day and age. We will suffer. As long as we continue to live here on earth, we will endure some form of suffer, suffering. And separation. When we talk about separation, I, I look at it like as in a relationship. Humanity desires relationship. It breaks most people's heart to be alone. When you're in a lonely state, we desire to have communication with our fellow brothers and and our sisters in Christ. So when we talk about a separation, what Adam and Eve did is is separated us from God. Think about this. Adam was in fellowship with God. (laughs) Think about that. Adam was having a conversation with God. Y'all know what happened with the fall? That conversation just split. Because what happened when they ate, like Daryl said, when they ate from the knowledge of good and evil, they desired to have knowledge more than trusting in God's knowledge. And if you see that humanity is that way today, you know, whenever you present the Bible or you present the word of God, we automatically want to put our knowledge into that. Like, oh, now the Bible is not real. Oh, God is not real. That's why I brought up the, the piece of atheism and pantheism, because we want to use our own beliefs. Like, no, there's no God. No, God doesn't exist. Oh, God is not a relational God. But we see here in Genesis that God is a relational God. And and Daryl brought up the point about love. Only love will prepare someone to come 
to have a backup plan, to to foresee the things that humanity would do, but yet have a plan to combat that. And that's what Daryl was talking about, um, the good news in, in Genesis chapter 315, where God himself had a plan for humanity. And this is what I want the listeners, I want them to uh, embrace that. Like when you listen to this podcast, you're like, man, what happened in the Garden and Eve in, in the Garden of Eve? Well, I said Garden of Eve. The Garden of Eden can't be undone. And this is why we're trying to highlight Jesus, the importance of Jesus Christ. So, Adney, I want you to take it on for me. I know Daryl spoke about the uh, the good news. The pro it's called a proto evangelium, but I want you to elaborate more on that from a female perspective. So, I want to read the the scripture that Brother Daryl uh, quoted. Um, in the Amplified version, because I love this. It says, and I will put enmity, open hostility between you and the woman and between your seed, your offspring and her offspring. Who is the devil's offspring? (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? He has offspring. Every single day we walk this journey and I, and I say this to Brother Nick, I say it to my, my praying partner, his wife, we don't operate as man operates. As Christians, we are in this world, but we're not of this world. So our fight is not with man. Our fight was those with those demonic offsprings of the Satan, of the serpent, right? So when I think about the good news and understanding that he said yeah, he gonna have open hostility on on y'all. Y'all gonna be wrestling with each. We are those children that he's fighting with. We are those children that Satan, the, the the Satan is trying to like take out. There are times he comes after us, and we be like, okay, I can't. I give up. I yield. And then there are some of us that say, you know what? Get thee behind me, Satan. You don't win because this battle right here, it's not about me. It's bigger than me. If my children see me succumbing to the loss of my brother and I'm like, okay, you know, I prayed and God didn't hear me and I'm done with God. What then? What do I leave behind for this generation? Right. They have to see me still getting up, going to work, praying, fasting. And I'm still learning about that fasting thing, though, because sometimes (laughs) pray for me on that, y'all. I'm still learning about that fasting thing because <laughs> I realized that's one of the most important things to draw closer to God is to do that. So when I think about the open hostility that hate that Satan has against us is because God has revealed, revealed himself in a way in us. And Satan says, oh, snap, if I continue to allow Daryl to go this way, He's going to get to a place where I can no longer touch him because now he understands who I am and who he is in God. If I can attack Nick or touch his family and and he doesn't even budge, like he's still holding on to God's um, robe. Oh my gosh. If I can attack Adney, if I can attack this person and they don't budge and they still hold on to God, I've lost. But if I can attack this person who's weak, then I've won. 
And I think that's the thing that we as Christians have to understand. Our journey is daily. Becoming a Christian, God did not say we was going to have an easy journey. That, those were not his words. If you read his word, it tells you you're going to have tribulation. How you handle that tribulation is, is, is the key. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Thank you for making it midway through this episode. We want to take a moment to sincerely thank each and every one of you who have been supporting our show. Your encouragement and positive feedback mean the world to us. We want to continue to bring you inspiring and thought-provoking content each week, and that's where we need your help. We kindly ask you to support our podcast by clicking on the link provided in the description below. Your support will enable us to grow, reach a wider audience, and continue to produce the quality content you enjoy. We truly appreciate your support and value your contribution to the Call by God podcast. Together, let's inspire and uplift others in their faith journey. Thank you once again for your continued support, and we look forward to bringing you more enlightening episodes in the future. God bless. Yeah, if I, if I can just piggyback off of what you said, um, Sister Andy, Ephesians, Paul Paul says this, uh, and, it, and it goes, I think, perfectly with what you you were talking about. Uh, he says this in Ephesians chapter 6, uh, verse number 12. He says, our struggle, and I'm reading for the from the uh, New American Standard Bible version. Uh, he says, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against, watch this, rulers, against powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. And so it's so extremely, uh, and I think this is one of the, the uh, probably one of the, the biggest mistakes Christians uh, we, we, we succumb to. We don't understand that this war is spiritual. You, you get what I'm saying? I mean, we're, we're forever looking at the physical, the temporary, the terrestrial, right? If my brother wrongs me, I'm looking at my brother instead of looking at the spirit behind it. Um, and, 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 you know, going back to that same scripture, Paul tells us to take up the armor of God. But now watch this. He, he, he likens, he, he's intentional as well, just like we talked about before with these authors. He gives you a picture of a Roman soldier, Right. But look at the things that Paul tells you to to use. Okay, he says in verse 13, take up the full armor of God. Right. Uh, So that you will be able to resist the evil uh, in the evil day. Now, watch this. He says, have your loins girt about with truth. This is spiritual, y'all. Truth. He tells you to get a hold of truth. Right. And then he says, put on the breastplate of righteousness. So you've got truth, righteousness, right? Then he says, shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, good news of peace. So this is what we're fighting with as Christians now. Truth, you need to fight with truth. You need to fight with righteousness. You need to fight with peace, right? He goes on and said, in addition, above all, take the shield of faith. Man, let me tell you something. That's one of my favorites right there, because there are some moments in this war. You know, I want to say in this life, but when I'm saying in this life, I'm saying in this war, there are some moments where it's just you and your faith. 
I, and I think that I think Paul knew that. That's why he said above all. And that's that's I'm really quoting from the KJV there. He says, above all, take the shield of faith. Right. Uh, when, when, when you lose that special loved one. Right. When you lose your dad, when you lose your mom, when you lose a child. But it, trust me, it's just you and your faith at that point. I don't care how much scripture you can quote. It's you and your faith at that point. Right. And then, of course, he says, take up uh, the helmet of salvation. Watch it, y'all fight with truth, fight with righteousness, peace, faith, salvation. This is what you're fighting with. And then he says, take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And so, you know, I just wanted to echo those sentiments. Uh, Sister Andy. It is a spiritual war and you cannot expect to fight this war and win with physical uh, solutions. It, it, won't, it won't happen. Could you, we could drop the mic on that one, right? Hey, see, if we was recording live, them folks are going to see you guys point at your ears for every time that I have the mic on mute. <laughs> Man is fallible. I'm highlighting my flaws to show you I'm not perfect. Nobody's perfect. Daryl's not perfect. Adney's not perfect. So for me to stand here and be like, oh, I got everything together. I got to make sure that this podcast is going right. No, I'm going to make some mistakes on this podcast. I brought up that for a reason because there's one perfect man that God used, 100% man, 100% God that was prophesied throughout the, all of the Old Testament to come into fruition. Because, and, and Adney, you heard me say this from time to time on the podcast, folks be saying, I got to wait till I get 100 I'm assuming they mean that they got to wait till they become perfect to give their life to the Lord. And that's why I like the point that you guys brought up, how God already um, prophesied, how he already came up with a plan for humanity, that his son will come through a woman, a virgin woman. And God used the, the father of faith, father Abraham, that through him, all the nations will be blessed. You know why? Because God loved humanity so much that he wants to have a relationship with us. He don't want us to die because in 1 Corinthians 15, 22 says, in Adam, all died. We're not talking about a physical death. Daryl Smith talked about the spiritual. We talking about we died spiritually and physically. The spiritual part was the disconnection with God because we're spiritual creatures. This, this body that we have, this is just a house. This is just an earthen house. But our real us is our soul. It's spiritual. It's, it's intangible. You can't see it. But it says in 1 Corinthians 15, 22, it says, So even so in Christ shall we all be made alive. And I brought that up because before I gave my life to the Lord, um, I was spiritually dead. No relationship with God. I was separated from God. I thought I had a relationship with God. I thought I was a Christian because my parents wore, wore that name or I'm a Christian. But it's really not about me, but it's really about how God came up with this plan. So let's talk about the prophecy um, of Jesus, how God used Genesis 3.15 to make way for his son to come here on earth. That, see, that's mind boggling to me that God himself. Let's think about this. We're talking about the creator. We're talking about the one who created all things. 
that he was going to leave his heavenly host and he, he was making arrangements to come down here to be with, hum, you know, humanity. Emmanuel, let's talk about Jesus, Yeshua, Joshua. Let's talk about him, our Savior. You know, we could go on and on, you know, talking about all these titles that God wear that, that Yeshua means the deliverer in, in, uh, um, in Hebrew and, and Joshua means the Lord is the salvation. Let's talk about his prophecy. Okay. The prophecy of Christ. I went into Exodus, um, but there's just the, the Passover keeps coming to mind for me when, uh, um, when the Lord told the, the, the children of Egypt to prepare the Passover lamb, right? <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh. He told them exactly how to prepare it. They were not to break any of the bones. They were not to do any of those things to the to the Passover lamb, right? And I was just in awe. And I, and I want I don't want to skip forward, but this is what the spirit put on my heart. That Passover lamb is is our savior. That Passover lamb, that blood that protected them from the 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 death angel right? That's the blood that covers us today, right? Because we we said yes to him. We went into that watery grave of baptism through our obedience, knowing that we were in our undone condition. That was th- Those are the things that when you think about that prophecy, everything was leading back or forward, shall I say, <laughs> leading forward to our Savior. I like that you brought that up, um, Adney. And one thing that is Minch noting that Part of God's plan, of course, everybody know, knows in the ark, right? So when you talk about Noah, you're like, oh, yeah, God flooded the earth. And you talk about the rainbow and it's a covenant that he'll never flood the earth again because humanity became so wicked that they thought about this continuously. So as a result, God destroyed uh, humanity and uh, just a few were saved, Noah, Noah and his family. So you talk about Noah. Noah had three sons, uh, Shem, Ham and Japheth. And God used uh, the lineage of uh, Shem. Abraham will come um, through the lineage of Shem. Abraham, you got Abraham, um, you got Isaac, and you got Jacob. And Jacob's name was changed into Israel. And that's when you have the 12 tribes. Now, God raised up Moses. Obviously, the children of, Is- the children of Israel was in bondage for over 400 years. And then Pharaoh, he's the enemy, y'all. I'm going to call him the enemy. Pharaoh wouldn't let God's people go. So I know Daryl probably could go in on this uh, of what every plague mean. There were there were a plagues. And then the last plague, God said, um, and that's what Adney was talking about, you know, when God told his children, hey, you know, put the lamb or the blood on your doorposts. Um, it's the Passover. So when the death angel come, it's going to pass over the doorposts. So for the people that really don't know the word of God. So when we're baptized into Christ, we have put on the blood of Christ. So now the death angel, when it comes, it passes over the children of God because we're no, and that's the uh, scripture that I quoted that through Adam, right? All died spiritually. We all dead spiritually for the people that have not Obey the gospel. Yes, you are spiritually dead, but we're sharing this message because we want you to be alive in Christ. So when you're alive, there's so many benefits that come being 
um, a child of God and being alive in Christ. So the both of you, I mean, eloquently went through the Passover uh, with Jesus. Uh, and, and Nick, when you talk about prophecy, if you don't mind, I just want to read Isaiah 53, because I think that captures uh, Christ. It doesn't get any better than this. I'm going to start at uh, Isaiah 53, and I'm going to start at verse number four. Yeah, verse number four. Are you reading the ESV um, version? I'm, I'm actually reading the the new the new American uh, Standard Bible. Okay, and I, and, I, and I would encourage your 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 podcast listeners. You know, y'all y'all study this study this entire chapter yes. uh, in your own time. But let me just start at uh, uh, verse number four. And the reason I'm saying I want to do this in the interest of time because I want to go somewhere else after I say this. Um, verse number four says, "Surely our griefs he himself bore, and our sorrows he carried." Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening of our well-being fell upon him. And by his scourgings, his stripes, we are healed. All of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord uh, has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. Okay. Now this is what y'all were talking about with, you know, uh, Jesus and the lamb imagery. He was oppressed and he was afflicted yet. He did not open his mouth like a lamb that is led to slaughter and like a sheep that is silent before it shares. So he did not open his mouth by oppression and judgment. He was taken away. And as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off of the land of the living for the transgression of my people to whom the stroke was due. His grave was a sign with wicked men, yet he was with a rich man in his death. But he had done no violence, nor was there any deceit in his mouth. We can go on and on and on with 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 chapter 53. I want to stress to your readers to read that for yourself, you will never get a better picture of Christ, his incarnation, and what he accomplished in his earthly ministry, uh, the death, the burial, and his resurrection with Isaiah 53. But what I want to go to, what I, well, I've always found this interesting. Isaiah, Isaiah is an interesting prophet. Uh, I want to go to Isaiah chapter 6, right? Isaiah chapter 6. And I want to read something. I've always thought this was interesting how Isaiah talks about this vision that he saw, right? Uh, <clears throat> he says, and I heard the voice and I'm reading chapter uh, six, verse number. Uh, let's see here. Let's see here. Am I in the right place? I think I'm in the right place. Yeah, you're in the right place. You can start reading it from 6-1. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah, I actually reading from 6-1 is yeah. where I want to be. All right. In the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne. This is Isaiah's vision now. Lofty and exalted with a train of his robe, filling the temple. Seraphim. Okay. That's plural. Okay. Those are spiritual beings. Right. They stood above him. Each had six wings. With two, he covered his face. And with two, he covered his feet. And with two, he flew. 
And one called out to another and said, watch this now, holy, holy, holy. You see the word holy three times. Isn't that interesting? Because we started this podcast off with the Godhead, the Trinity, (laughs) but you see holy three times, right? And he says, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory, right? The whole earth. The entire earth is full of his glory. That speaks to what you were talking about earlier, Nick, with the omniscience, the omnipresence, the you know omnipotence. God is everywhere, right? And then he says, <clears throat> verse number four, and the foundations of the thresholds trembled at the voice of him who called out while the temple was filling with smoke. Now, I want you to be thinking about what he just said, the entire temple was filled with smoke. Keep that imagery in your mind. Then I said, woe is me. This is Isaiah speaking. For I am ruined because I am a man of unclean lips. And I live among a people of unclean lips. Okay, this is what Isaiah 53 was kind of alluding to. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts, Then one seraphim, one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal in his hand, which he had taken from the altar. Remember, connect that to what you just read with the smoke, the imagery with the smoke. You've got an altar and you've got some smoke. Keep that in mind. Isaiah says that verse number seven, the seraphim, uh, the seraph, he touched my mouth with it and said, behold, this has touched your lips. And your iniquity is taken away. Watch this. And your sin is forgiven. Now, now, you got to see this now. What we just read, Isaiah 6, 1 through 7, you got the imagery of smoke. You have an altar. You have a sinner whose sin was taken away. And forgiven. What is Isaiah looking at? Really? What is he looking at? He just told you, I saw the Lord. Did he say that? Is that what he said? I saw the Lord. That's verse number one. Sitting on a what? On a throne. (laughs) Lofty and exalted. Right? And the train of his robe filled the temple, temple imagery, altar, smoke, sins forgiven for the sinner, right? But he said before all of that, I saw who? The Lord. Well, what are you looking at, Isaiah? He's looking at the glorified Christ after the resurrection. Oh, I think y'all missed it. <laughs> I, think y'all, I think you missed it. Listen, what is Isaiah looking at right now? This glory, watch it now. This glory, Nick, fills the entire earth. I think y'all missing it. We're supposed to take this great commission to all the earth. What is Isaiah looking at? Now, you wanted Christ and prophecy. You got it right here. <laughs> you got it right here. And Isaiah is so blessed to see. Listen. In this, in, in this vision, 
you have a sinner whose sin is forgiven. Who has the power to, to do that? Who has the power to forgive sin? He just told you, I saw the Lord sitting on his throne. Listen, when Christ got up from the grave, he stayed here a little bit. And I'm paraphrasing, y'all. He chilled with his apostles, you know, gave them some instructions. And then as he gets ready to ascend, right? Listen, take my gospel. Make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them. Y'all know all that good stuff, right? But when Jesus gets done, he ascends. Where does he go? He goes back to the Father and he sits because he has. Go, let's go back to that great commission. He told them before, uh, before he said, go make all disciples. He said, I have all power in heaven and in earth. You are. What are you looking at, Isaiah? I'm looking at the glorified Christ who accomplished the mission uh, and the scheme of redemption, the plan of God. Wow. Hey, man, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm blown away. I'm blown away. And, and talking about Christ, it's uh, very humbling. Um, just a few minutes ago, when y'all was talking about Christ, um, my eyes got a little watery and teary-eyed because um, and even just the scripture you just read in Isaiah 6, Isaiah acknowledged that he was filthy. And, and that's the first part. You have to acknowledge that, that you need a savior. Um, Isaiah said in verse 5, that woe to me for I am ruined because I am a man of unclean lips and I live among people that is unclean. So the first thing that Isaiah did, yes, he acknowledged that. And I think that's what uh, most people have to do at first that knowing that they're not perfect. They have to acknowledge that in this life, we're going to have trouble. We're going to have tribulations, but there's one that sits high and he looks low and he cares and he loves. Cause what I like to do, Daryl, what I do in, in Adney, what I, when I read the scriptures, um, I like to personalize it. I like to make it personal. Um, cause you, you can't, you can't point at everybody else. You got to look at yourself like that preacher that's preaching and, and then somebody, he's, he's preaching a powerful word and, and you got a member looking at that other church member, like that word is for them. Like no word applies to them. <laughs> yeah. Like go ahead, preacher, get them. Yeah. Get them. Like, like God word is, is a, is a belt. Like it's supposed to be beating on you, beating you con to con condemnation. Right. So I like to personalize things and that give us room to go into the ultimate reality. How we said that God is all powerful and all God is sovereign. But I, what I want us to uh, reflect on, and I want all three of us to reflect on um, your own personal and uh, um, experiences that you had with God. And I want you to share with our listeners, and, and I'll go first, and, and then you guys could go next. Um, I know that Jesus Christ is real. I know that Jesus exists. Nobody can tell me. Anything different. I mean, when I was a kid and, and, and I talked about superheroes and, and that's this is how I know that even kids understand God, because when I was a kid, I used to sit, lay in my bed and I used to say, you know, there has to be more to life than just living. There has to be more to life than just going to school. 
there has to be more to life than my mom telling me to do the chores and, and I didn't want to do the chores. I was disobedient. But I was just saying that there was more to life than just just being our our existence. And then what my mom did, she she took the initiative to uh, send us to uh, worship, to congregate with other fellow believers. And and they taught us about Jesus. They taught us the meaning of life. They taught us about an all-powerful God, an all-knowing God. And, and it, Daryl, you said it best, a God that loves. And I, I was brought up in a household that there was no love. Uh, my daddy, he left my mom, and my mom was a single parent. My mom tried to do the best that she could, um, but she couldn't handle eight children on her own. So there was no validation. I didn't have anybody to validate me as a, as a young man. And I say that to say this because there might be someone out there that feel the same way. But as I got older and and somebody, someone took the time to tell me about a savior, uh, God, a hundred percent man who came here on earth and and died. And like I said earlier, I like to personalize it. Yes, Jesus Christ died for the whole world, but he died for me. Uh, he had me in mind when when he was carrying that cross and he was on Calvary and he was getting beaten and stricken and spit on by men. Uh, he had me in mind. And and I think about all the things that I used to do before Christ, all the things that I used to do to break his heart. And again, I was spiritually dead. But it wasn't until that I gave my life to Christ. And I just because I could. The minute that I gave my life to Christ. I could see the changes that were unfolding in my life. And I'm not talking about the physical things. I'm not talking about the tangible things. I'm not talking about the cars, clothes, and the career. I'm talking about the spiritual change. I was dead within. But when I gave my life to Christ, he filled my soul with joy, peace, love. And and at that moment, I felt validated. I felt validated. I felt comforted because I knew that this Savior of mine, Jesus Christ, what he did on that cross uh, for me and for humanity, that's all that needed to be done just so I could be with him. So I have more experiences that I could share, but I thought I would share that to, to share with someone out there that God is a personal and he's a relational God, that he wants that relationship. He, he came here, yes, for sin. He came and he died for us. So we won't um, die. Of course, we don't want, no, you know, it's funny that I brought that up, death, because nobody don't want to die. We talk about physical death. You talk about some folks don't want to die. But sometimes folks are not willing to do what they need to do to go to heaven. And the same thing, everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody don't want to die. But they, they don't want to do the things to get to heaven. But anyway, that's my take. I want you to share with somebody. I don't know, Adney, Daryl. Give something personal, how God is personal relational with you. Because I want this to connect with somebody that is out there. Yes, we're talking about Jesus and, and his prophecy, but I also want to make this personal as well. I I grew up as a motherless child, so I'm, I'm going to tie this in, as, in what God has done for me. And I say a fatherless child because my dad was here, but he wasn't here. And I grew up in a house where I was abused, right? Yeah, I grew up in Catholicism, so we went to church and, you know, they held Mary full of grace, all that other good stuff. But there was never a relationship. 
And it took me being in one bad relationship to say, God, (laughs) there has to be greater than this. There has to be more to life than this. And as I searched and searched, he sent someone my way that introduced me to the body. And I still didn't understand him as my father because I was looking for my earthly father to love me. This study today shows me how much my father loves me because he chose me to be here on earth. He specifically fashioned me to be here. So I can't look at my earthly father and say, you don't love me because my heavenly father does. And the greatest thing he did for me was he gave me a hunger to search for him. And when I found him, he held on tight. Even when I stumble and fall, he holds on tight. He never lets me go. So for that person that is lost, I say to you, surrender. Give it to him. It's worth it. I promise you, it is worth it. That love, it supersedes any human love. It supersedes it. That's tough for me uh, in the sense that, you know, I, 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 and I thank God for this blessing. I've come to realize that, you know, it is relational with God. You know, having grown up, quote unquote, in the church, you know, when you can have a very uh, legalistic and, you know, sort of a, you know, God is way off in the distance approach and a perspective, uh, you know, the once that uh, mindset began to break and shatter and I really reached out and began to connect with God on a, re- a relational standpoint from a relational standpoint, you know, uh, to answer your question, Nick, that's ongoing. So, you know, it, it, it will get kind of difficult for me to pick, like say, Hey, one, because it's always happening. I'm always having these, these moments with God because I'm looking for them now. Uh, and so to that end, what I want to do is just kind of piggyback off of what you said. And I want to read something real quick, if you don't mind it, then I'll, I'll pass it over to you. So stay at me. Uh, Ephesians chapter two, right? Paul talks about uh, uh, talks about being dead in our trespasses and sins, right? Watch this now. He says, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them, too, all formerly lived in the uh, lust of your flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and what and were by nature the children of wrath, even as the rest. Here it is. But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love, and which, I'm sorry, love with which he loved us, even when we were dead, when we were dead, I want you to look at the imagery. Uh, something that's dead can't do nothing. A dead man can't do nothing for himself. So that's the imagery Paul gives us, right? He says, even when you were dead in your transgressions, God made us alive together. And and the reason I'm coming here is because I want you to get a picture of the Father. I know we're talking about Jesus, but this is what the Father did in Christ, right? 
because we initially started with the Godhead Trinity. This is what the Father did in Christ. Watch this. We were dead in our transgressions. The Father made us alive together with Christ. And then Paul says, by grace, you are saved. And the Father, watch this, raised us up with him and seated us with him. This is what the Father did. He raised us up with Christ. He seated us with Christ. Watch this now. In the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Now, real quickly, if you don't mind, let me just tie that into what we just previously read with Isaiah 6. Because in Isaiah 6, when Isaiah has that vision and he sees, you know, the glorified Christ, watch this. This is exactly what God did in that vision. We had a seraph go to Isaiah. Because as you stated, Nick, Isaiah said, man, I'm unclean. I'm all this worship going on. I'm looking at all this glory. I can't even participate in that. I'm unclean. Right now, that mimics what Paul says here. Dead in transgressions, in sin, right? Dead. Right. But watch this. God moves. Right. So you got a seraph in Isaiah. Come to Isaiah. Take a coal from the altar, clean him up. But what is all of this for? If you continue to read Isaiah, he's getting Isaiah ready to go speak for him. Right? God's love qualifies Isaiah. Ephesians 2, God qualifies us. You see what I'm saying? He loved us. He qualifies us. And you will see that in your own personal journey. Right. God will meet you where you are. You get what I'm saying? He will come to you and watch this because of his love, because he is love. He will come to you when you yourself can't come to him and he will qualify you. He will empower you. He will bless you. You get what I'm saying? And then once he does that, you need to go and spread his goodness. Y'all get what I'm saying? I, I just wanted to read those two scriptures because they spoke to kind of like what you were saying, uh, Nick. And if I shared my own personal uh, experiences with God in that way, man, we'll be here all day long. When you talk about Jesus, it makes you reflect. It makes you think about what if you didn't give your life to Jesus? Like, that's it. You would have been done. That's it. So for him to preserve you and keep you and save you, that's enough for you to just praise him. Because that's why I like to personalize this, because I think about all those times that I nearly died and I wasn't right with God. Because if you die in your sin, where he is, you cannot come, right? So I, I, I like to personalize like that like God preserved me. And, and you're right, Daryl. God, he relentlessly tries and strives to get humanity's attention. God used any means necessary to make sure that his word is being proclaimed and shared with the sinner, 
so that they too could come to the knowledge of the truth. And that's the love that God has for humanity. But this is what I want to say in closing. We talked about the Trinity briefly. And again, it's very difficult to talk about Jesus in just in a matter of one hour, or let alone a year. It takes a lifetime talking about Jesus until we go back home and we we meet our creator and our savior. So I can't wait to that day. But I want to say this in closing, and I'm going to give you guys, if y'all want to say anything in closing, but I want to say this. We touched on the Trinity briefly, and that's more a a complex discussion. We didn't want to utilize the whole time talking about the Trinity, um, the three persons, the one God. Um, it's the, his, he's God, the one God that we believe in, but God in three persons, um, the Father, um, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We talked about how God is, um, Jesus is God, and that he is omnipresent and omniscient. Do I say it right? Omniscient, omniscient, and he's um, omnipotent. Okay, yeah, because I don't want to mess words up. These words, they like tongue twisters, omniscient, <laughs> omnipresent. But omnipresent. So we talked about omnipresent. We talked about the fall, like how did humanity get here? So when you look at life, when you look at society and the things that's going on in this world and you turn on your television, you watch the news, all of that originated from the fall in Genesis uh, chapter three. And we talked about the good news. You can't talk. You can't talk about the fall without talking about the good news. So nobody couldn't say that our, our creator didn't have a plan in place for humanity. And Daryl um, eloquently spoke about the prophecy. I like Isaiah 53 too. I've, Isaiah 53, very powerful text. And even Isaiah 6, that was powerful what you shared, Adney. You talked about the Passover, the Passover lamb. Um, that was powerful as well. And we talked about our ultimate reality and how God is a personal and a relational God. So I want to say this, the first Adam, through the first Adam, uh, one man sinned, one man sin, so just Adam, he sinned. As a result of Adam's sin, sin entered into the world, resulting that all are sinners. And through Adam's sin brought forth judgment, condemnation, death, um, pain, suffering, separation, and the whole nine, right? But I like this, what it said about the second Adam, um, 1 Corinthians 15, 22. So Jesus Christ is like a form of the second Adam. But the only difference is he he was a righteous man. So it says one man act of righteousness, and this is Jesus, many sins. So he came, remember Jesus Christ came to die um, for our sins. So so there's no condemnation um, in Jesus. Um, We have a gift of righteousness uh, through Jesus. We have justification. So we are now justified and we are made alive. I know we talked about death and alive. And Daryl, you you spoke about that in Ephesians chapter two. So now we are made alive. So when I mean alive, I'm not talking about physically. I'm saying spiritually. We were spiritually dead, but now that we're in Christ, we're alive. So that's how I want to conclude uh, uh, this first episode Any of you guys have some thoughts before we close out? I mean, if I could leave anything with our audience, it's basically to search the scriptures. Don't take man's word. Search them for yourself because Christ is in there. And 
if you're really truly looking for him, he will reveal himself through to you. I've known several people who've come to Christ who didn't know nothing about the Bible, but they opened that the book, the great book, the Bible, and they read it and they was like, oh my gosh. And they came to repentance and they got baptized and they're like thriving Christians, great ministries. So if you're really searching for the Lord, he's in the book. No matter what man tells you, the book reveals Christ. Like Brother Darrell said in the beginning, the Bible teaches itself. <laughs> just just read the book and surrender. Surrender completely. Don't go with some other thought. Just go with the mindset of, Lord, I'm looking for you. Show me you. Reveal you to me because I need you. Amen. Amen. Well said. Well said. All right, world. So there you have it. Stay tuned for part two, part three, part four, and also a bonus episode. Until then, remember that Jesus Christ is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Be blessed. That's it for now. But before we go, please continue to listen, subscribe, and share our podcast. Also, if you want to support our show, please scroll down to the bottom of the show notes and click on the link that says buy me a coffee. We would greatly appreciate it. Thank you for listening. And remember, God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. And also Jesus Christ loves you. Thank you. Wait, there's more. What if today was your last day on earth? Would you be ready to meet your maker? Well, Jesus Christ has given us the good news. He told his disciples in Mark 16, 15, 16, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Jesus Christ has instructed his children to share and preach the gospel, which is the good news, which means that Jesus Christ came and that he was sacrificed. He was buried and he rose on the third day by believing and by repenting and confessing and being baptized. You will be saved. So it is your choice. Jesus Christ will not force you. You've heard the message. You heard personal testimonies. But this is your opportunity to give your life to Christ. Don't wait until tomorrow, because tomorrow is not promised. So I hope you submit to the will of God and give your soul to Christ. Be blessed.